you walked right into that one, brother. You know what? Whatever. <laughs> I don't even care. Move on. You guys are jerks. <laughs> podcast that talks about everything from professional wrestling to what memorial day is actually about and that's remembering the fallen men and women who served in our armed forces so that we are able to do a podcast that you guys can listen to so thank you for your for your sacrifice absolutely you know there's so many times where memorial day is kind of lost its meaning where people just think it's all barbecues and this and that but you know its real purpose is to, to you know, celebrate those who have served. So, obviously, a big thanks to those, any man and woman who has and and or is still currently serving in the military. So, thank you. I definitely couldn't do it. That's for sure. Yeah, I can because I'm God. Oh, gosh. There it is. There, there it is. Right? <laughs> I'm God. That's it. But... You are listening to your God on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples Apples. It's Grapples, the number two apples. You don't like SoundCloud. We got Apple Podcasts. We got Google Podcasts. We got iHeartRadio. It doesn't matter where you're listening as long as you're listening. Since you've already heard me, I am one of your hosts, the very sensual, the very doit. Mr. Sunglasses at Night himself, your boy, the general, your champion, your god, Shades, joined by my hetero life mate. Ill will the thrill, the poetarian, Shakespearean candidate, major English, the godfather. Whatever you need me to be, that's who I be, because baby, that's who I is. That's who he is. And Thrill. Yes, sir. AEW, Double or Nothing 2021. It ain't a recap and review show without my compadre, my Deadly Alliance member. Tell him who you is, man. This part is where I usually say one half of the Suburbans, but no, you know what? I carry this team, so I am the Suburban brother. Tommy Ooh. Boy is in the room. Ooh, that's spicy. That's spicy. That's that's right. That's bars. Bars. Who? Who go? <laughs> Nobody. Who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, come on! Don't don't just my brother like that. Come on, come on. Uh, who? Who go? <laughs> you, you go. You go. You go. You go with him. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. So, boys, AEW's Double or Nothing 2020 wrapped up. There was 10 matches on the card. One pre-show match. Can't get into any of it. Unless we do... Tommy, do me one favor. Yes, sir. Bring me that bell. So, as Shades mentioned, 10 matches on the card. One on the pre-show. The one pre-show match was Serena Deeb defending her NWA Women's World Women's Championship, excuse me, versus Riho in the pre-show match. And, you know, we've talked about pre-show matches in the show plenty of times, right? So whether it's WWE or AEW, and the idea of the pre-show 
especially with AEW, we criticized them previously um, because they call it the buy-in. And the idea of any pre-show, especially with AEW, is, you know, they give you the pre-show match. You're supposed to want to then purchase a pay-per-view. You're supposed to buy in to the product following the pre-show match. And at Revolution, we didn't feel they did that. At Double or Nothing, they damn sure did. Mm-hmm. You know, these they two did. women put on a heck of a match. Um, the first thing, I mean, before we get into too much of the details, um, with, with the match, you know, the match started and the first thing I noticed that I, I pointed out to Tommy Boy was there's shadows. You know, the match is taking place outdoors. It's the sun is coming down and there are shadows all over the ring. And with that, I was really concerned because, you know, anyone who's ever watched baseball or who has played baseball, um, you know that when there's a shadow, it can really mess up the way you see things on the field. Uh, Whether it's depth perception or just, you know, the ball transitioning from the light to the shadow, so on and so forth. And so I was really concerned that if these two women had specific spots in the match, that the shadows could mess them up and someone could get really hurt. Also, the one other thing that I would bring up along with the shadows is the makeup of Daly's place. Depending on where the sun is, you turn around, you look the wrong way, you have an eye full of sun, and now it's like, wait a second, I have this 1,520 pound body coming at me, and right. I can't see where they're coming from. Right. You know, I was with that. I was really concerned. I was like, I hope that they have like a safe, simple, like you know, WWE style, quote unquote, match. But it wasn't an issue at all. At least not no, from what I, mean, I saw. I didn't see a single no, no. injury take place. I didn't see a single botch take no, place. No, it was a smooth, solid match. Yeah. I mean, uh, they did a very good job at uh, when the sun was in their eyes. They did, like, the, the stop gaps where they would, like, show each other respect or, like, uh, mm-hmm. quick sh- quick shots here and there. I think the only thing that we saw was, like, uh, I saw was Riho was bleeding from her mouth a little bit. Mm. Other than that. But that could be just a stiff shot that you take. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That could yeah. happen in any match. Yeah. Um, and then when the the sun was in their eyes, they transitioned from one side of the ring to the other and moved like with the sun towards their backs. It was poetry in motion, especially from two women who we don't get to see a lot. Serena Deeb, we don't really know too much about. Um, Riho was in Japan for a very long time. Um and now she's relocated to the states permanently. That they they gave us an announcement on the actual show, and I'm like, oh, since Riho's here full time now, man, there's a potential for her to actually win this match. Yeah. I mean, we all thought that she wasn't going to win regardless because Serena D won it in October. She hasn't really been able to do anything with her injury, so this is time for her to showcase her ability and. Boy, did these women showcase their... There's a reason why Riho was the first AEW Women's World Champion and why Serena Deeb is the current NWA Women's World Champion. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I'm thinking to myself that I think something that benefited me watching this match was I was never really a fan of Riho, right? Like, she never really did it for me. I was never sold on her. Um, Mm -hmm. She was the first AEW Women's Champion. I was kind of like, all right, whatever. And then on the other side... Like you said, Shades, you know, I'm not too familiar with Serena Deep. You know, I wasn't watching wrestling when she was in WWE. And then her current run on the independent circuit with NWA and AEW, I haven't seen 
as many of her matches. So I was very much unfamiliar with her. And I think that benefited my viewing experience because I wasn't looking for anything specifically. You know, like, I don't know her finish. I have no idea what her finish is. Riho, mm-hmm. I think I her finish. I think it's the double stomp on the top rope. I'm not sure. Um, it's either that or the Shining Wizard. Right, something like that. But I, I, I wasn't looking for any particular move or any particular spot. I wasn't looking for anything other than what I'm watching. And I think that allowed me to really get fully engrossed in the match and kind of just like let whatever happened happen. I pretty much knew, or at least I expected Serena Deep to win, which so like, you know, that part didn't surprise me. But, you know, we've said this a million times on the show, um, especially with wrestling, it doesn't necessarily have to be the end, but sometimes it's the journey mm-hmm. that, that can be really worth the entirety of the match. And I think that's what it was here. You know, I think, I sure, I thought Serena Deep was going to win, but the, the, the road to get there was totally worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I, I didn't know that Serena's moniker was uh, the woman of a thousand holds. Her, her, her borrowing that from Dean Malenko. Mm-hmm. Um, Seems to me. But right. the only thing that I saw her doing was uh, dragon screws. There was no holds. There was no nothing. I was, I was waiting for the holds to come through. Um, I mean, she did uh, do the um, the sunrise stretch. I don't know what she, what she, what she serenity is. That's what she was calling yeah, it. Yeah, serenity lock or something like that. Right. Um, and that's how she actually beat uh, Riho. Uh, she was tapping out, but they these women did a fantastic job for a fourteen minute buy in match, and and I damn sure bought in. You know, I'm oh, yeah. glad you mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned the dragon screw, because I think you can look at this match, and I, I, I don't, I don't want it to seem like I'm overhyping this match, but I think this match is textbook. And what I mean by that is, if you ever listen to like a professional wrestler who's now training, uh, I give examples. Al Snow. Al Snow's a fantastic trainer. I've seen videos of him on YouTube, and it's just amazing the way he breaks down what professional wrestling matches should be. Um, so I don't know if that single leg Boston Crab is Serena Deeb's finish, but she hit Rio with a dragon screw and Rio started to, sh- started to show that her knee was bothering her. She went up to the top rope and did her, her double stomp and it, it stopped her because it hurt her knee. So then what does uh, Serena Deeb do? She went back to it two more times and then did that double one, hit her with the, the single leg um, Boston Crab, um, Riho got out of it, but then she went back to it. And at the end of the day, that's what ended up getting her uh-huh. was that single leg Boston crab on the leg that she was doing the dragon screw on. And so now, so you have two things working here, right? You have Serena Deeb who is making that her offense and it's also her defense because if Riho's finish is the double stomp from the top rope, you can't do it effectively on a bum leg. If it's a shining wizard, you can't do that on a bum leg. So she's both playing offense and defense with this one target. And that's what makes professional wrestling believable. And that's what makes it interesting to watch. When you do it, right. Exactly. When you're doing it right. When you target someone's body and you revolve the match around that target, that's what makes a match a match. And I think that's one of the things that made this such an impressive match for us to watch, especially as a part of the buy-in. Yeah. Absolutely.
But anyway, we got nine more matches to cover, so let, let, let's keep it moving. Holy God. So, so let's move on to the, the main show proper. Hangman Adam Page taking on Brian Cage. As Thrill wrapped about on the weekly episode, Brian Cage, <laughs> Cage, or something like that is too much. Um, <laughs> I can't help myself. You know, I can't help no, myself. No, you can't help yourself. So uh, I'm going to peel the curtain back a little bit with you guys. Uh, I was having a hard time with this match because every stream that I was looking into kept getting shut down. I watched this. I watched Brian Cage come out dressed like a uh, uh, a dollar store uh, T. Was it T100? Yeah, I was going to call him Canal Street Terminator. Ooh, no, that's like no Forty Second Street Terminator. Where you oh, oh my god! <laughs> oh, I mean, it was a backpack. Um, I admit, someone had a coupon to Party City. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. And um, so yeah, I, I I got to watch this match. Like I saw Brian Cage come out. I saw Hangman being thrown on the outside. I saw Hangman celebrating at the end of the match. I was like, okay. So it took me 12 minutes to find an actually working stream without <laughs> without them getting copywritten. So, so you so boys are going to so, have to carry that. that, that that's totally fine. Um, I, I don't want to make this long-winded like I did the rehome match, but I, this was another match that I was really impressed yeah. with. Um, Brian Cage is a, a muscle monster, for lack of a better word, but he's also very agile. So the problem that I have with Brian Cage with his in-ring work is that it's normally either all the power stuff or he kind of overdoes it with the agility stuff. Yeah. And he starts doing like flippy stuff. And there's something about seeing someone of Brian Cage's size doing flippy stuff that's kind of weird to me. Um, and, it, and it's not necessarily about size because Keith Lee does stuff that I think is fantastic. But something about Brian Cage and his shape and whatever. Anyway, the point is, I thought the way he blended both of those aspects of his perform- of his wrestling in this match was perfect. Um, he finally put it all together. Right, right. It was a good combination of power and agility. Um, Hangman, you know, was Hangman. You know, Adam Page is going to be Adam Page. What was great about this is that you had two stories being told at the same time. One was being told in ring as action in the ring and one being told in a greater story outside of the ring. So Hangman is trying to figure out how to beat this guy, right? So he's both big, but he's also agile. Hangman is both agile and he's very strong. So Hangman has two potential finishes. He has the the dead the the buckshot Larry and the dead eye. The dead eye requires him to carry uh, Brian Cage on his back essentially and then drop him. Mm-hmm. Not easy to do when you have someone of that size. So he tries it once, doesn't really get it. He goes for the buckshot because that's going to be a more the, the more reliable finish here. But Brian Cage keeps blocking it or, you know, something happens and, and he, he can't hit the move, right? So that's Adam Page's story. Hangman is trying to hit one of these two moves, particularly the, the buckshot lariat. Brian Cage's story is he wants to prove that he can do this on his own. He does not need Team Taz. He does not need anything. Team Taz does not accompany him to the ring of this match. He is by himself. So we get about three quarters of the way into the match. Hangman has the advantage, and uh, Ricky Starks and Taz's son, I don't know what his name is, Taz Jr., yeah, I don't know, whatever. That. Um, he, they both come out. Taz Jr. hits the ring to distract the ref. 
while Ricky Starks gets the FTW belt, throws it into the ring, and in in hopes that that um, Brian Cage will use it on Hangman. He looks at the belt. He looks at Ricky Starks. He throws it back at Ricky Starks aggressively. And he's like, I don't need this. I don't want to do this. I told you I don't need this. I don't need any of this. Of course, that creates a distraction. Hangman's able to hit him with a buckshot lariat and pick up the win. Um, from thereafter, you see Brian Cage looking upset. Taz is reprimanding uh, Brian Cage over the mic. He's like, what are you doing? You're getting your ass kicked. You should have taken the help. We're supposed to be a family. Blah, blah, blah. This, blah, 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 that. Um, and then when they're leaving the ring, there's also an exchange between Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. So now, I, I said this when we were watching. I said, hey, I think I smell a Brian Cage face turn coming. And everything I saw about this match makes me think that. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said... Five minutes later. <laughs> right, right. But then, I, with that being said, I, I think that's what makes this match so good, is that you enjoy the in-ring work, but then the match is over, and now I still want to see what's going to happen with Brian Cage and Team Taz. And, you know, if that's not what you want in a wrestling match, I don't know what is. Yep. Yep. You, know, you enjoy the in-ring work, and then you want to see what happens next. You right. want to come back for more. Yep. And that's what this match left me do. I don't even like Brian Cage. Even when I, the first time I saw him in um, in Lucha Underground, I was like, I don't, who is this meat? I don't like this guy. You know? And now all of a sudden, I'm like, is he going to turn? When is he going to turn? And how is how he going to turn? You know? And I shouldn't. And yet I do. Care. You know? <laughs> I, I mean, it worked, it, it worked with him as a heel because... Taz was his mouthpiece. Right. Him turning babyface, he's got the personality of a sponge. <laughs> and that's going to be the issue. Yeah. yeah. Unless he teams like, up with somebody, he needs somebody to talk to him. You know. He... But then, then him leaving Team Taz is kind of redundant because he's like, I want to do this on my own. Yeah. Having a tag team partner is kind of like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but... Right now, he's there's, there's no room for him in the main event scene, yeah. and they don't know what they're doing with the the mid card belt. So, I don't know. Uh, I'm not really familiar with Brian Cage's work, but if if we get this Brian Cage more often, I think I'd show more of an interest in his matches. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have to be able. I have to find a way to look past his his look. Yeah, because his look really gets me, you know, mm-hmm. and not in a good way. So I have to. If I can find a way to look past that, I'm, I'm sure I'll find something. And also, his personality doesn't do much for me, you know. But if he has good matches, then it's hard to to slide it, you know. Yep. Anyway. Absolutely. So, next. The next match. Is... Oh, that's me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's my bad. Uh, the tag team. Okay, so I was very surprised that this was coming up next. Uh, we had the Young Bucks defending their AEW World Tag Team Championships versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, not Eddie Edwards, as I love to <laughs> mistakenly call him all the time. Uh, you know, the match was fine, and so, so the perfect thing about this match was that all four men simultaneously knew 
how to highlight each other's strengths and hide each other's weaknesses. Eddie Kingston is a brawler. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. So is Moxley. But Moxley has a little bit more speed to him. He's a little bit more of a technical wrestler. And Moxley can get technical if he needs to. Correct. Exactly. You know, Mox can hang with pretty much anybody. He can adapt to whatever kind of wrestler he's got in the ring. Mm -hmm. Kingston, I don't know that he can do that. No. Um, And the Bucks are obviously high flyers who over the last few years have become more technical-based and storytellers. First and foremost, they're storytellers. That's That's their bag. Yeah. So they used the storytelling aspects to be the forefront, which makes sense with these four guys. And then Eddie Kingston was there to serve when he needed to serve. Mm-hmm. You want the hot tag? Here's Eddie Kingston. You want some brawling real quick? Here's some Eddie Kingston. You want some John Moxley needs a breather? Here's some Eddie Kingston. Yep. But for the majority of what needed to be in the ring was the Bucks and Moxley. And it paid. It played perfectly in my opinion. Um, the only gripe I had was they did the super kick party with Moxley. And then Moxley kicked out after one. Yeah, he like no sold it. Exactly. Now I understand that Moxley's supposed to be like your superhero at AEW. They, they book him crazy strong. But this is the Young Bucks. Tag team champions. One of the best tag teams in the world. One of the best tag teams of this generation. Arguably one of the best tag teams of all time. They hit you with one of their signature things, the super kick party, where they hit him with like four different super kicks plus. And he kicks out after one? I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling that at all. Now, eventually... They hit a, they hit a melter head. driver on the outside. Something. They, they hit a melter driver on the outside, and he kind of just, like, walked it off. I don't... Like... And if the story they're trying to tell is that he's strong and resilient, they got that with the finish. Yeah. Because they hit him with, like... Four BTE triggers. So you didn't have to do the super kick party with the one count. Because you already gonna you're already doing a spot. The finish is already predicated on the idea that we need to do more than one of these to put him down. <clears throat> so why? For what? Just an extra you know ring in the hat? For, I don't understand. I call it a classic oversell. Well, Matt at the beginning of the match overselling everything for the first time. No, no, I mean in terms of Moxley's resilience. Oh, yeah. I, I just, and then he was like hulking out? Nah, man. That's what I'm saying. It's just a classic over there. They went, no pun intended, because I know you're going to die. They went all in on. <laughs> can't help himself. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, I know. They went all in on Moxley just being this resilient guy that won't stay down. And. I mean, you could have also gone with they doubled down on it. Because, <sighs> mm, mm. you know, sometimes you got to go double or nothing. Uh, that was a little forced. <laughs> that was a little forced. You're forced. A little forced. <laughs> What's forced is Moxley doing a top rope shoe spot, and he doesn't even hit him with the shoe. No. He, hits, he grabs his shoe, and he does a clothesline. It's like, what? Does it do anything? I'm, this, the whole premise around the shoe and the storyline is so dumb it was so dumb they stole their 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 nike dior's their thousand dollar shoes i said i don't i don't care what i did care was when they were uh 
throwing a beat into Moxley, and Nick and Matt Jackson did the the shield fist bump while they, he was kneeled down. Yes, 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 that was that was great. And then uh, I think it was Nick who did the Matt, to do the Matt, 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 Matt. It was, it was Matt. Ooh. Ooh. I'm like, oh, we're definitely going to get a Roman Reigns tweet later. I'm, I, it has to be. No, he's not Seth Rollins. You don't care enough. Damn. I'm surprised Seth Rollins didn't tweet. But here, here's the thing, I don't Tommy think Boy. Permission to watch it though. Roman Reigns tribal chief will definitely say something. That's true. I don't think Joanna why he cares. Yeah. But tribal chief Roman Reigns cares. Yeah. Roman Reigns, excuse me. Sorry, I was going a little too shoot on it because you know how Seth just loves to get baited into the petty stuff. He's an idiot. But either way, Vince didn't give him permission to watch the pay-per-view. It don't matter. Right. But moving on. But yeah, I'm, I, I mean, the right team won. Of course. Yeah. yeah just, whatever. Next. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the next match is the... Casino Battle Royal for a future AEW World Championship opportunity, which wow. means in a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't remember them doing it this way, but um, uh, they did it by suits. That yeah, was, they that, did was, um, yeah. that was the first one. The, the first one was because Hangman Adam Page was the Joker. They would ju- Yeah, they just came out in clusters last time. They didn't come out one by one. Yeah, this okay. is how they did it the first time two years ago. Okay, okay. So, um, the clubs was the first group that came out, starting with uh, my pick, Christian Cage. Um, I think Jim's pick, Matt Seidel, which, first of all, let me stop right here and say, Jim, <laughs> you crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate the moxie. Yo, he's playing. Oh, he's definitely. He's like, you know what? I'm making sure ain't no tie for me. I'm picking Matt Seidel. I'm like other I'm people like, in the pool. Oh, we're gonna get to that boy. We're gonna get to that boy. So in 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 the club suits was Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, Dustin Rhodes, and Max. Caster, bro. Now, oh, are you are you about to go in on Max Caster? Because I'm about to go in on Max Caster. This <laughs> Family Dollar, John Cena, Doctor of Thugonomics, <laughs> discount, off-brand Rite Aid, oh. MFR. Yo, Wish versus Amazon, <laughs> boy. <laughs> Put the mic down. You're Garbo. So bad. I it was know. so bad. He's like, he's rapping. He's rap. He's attempting to rap. He's attempting to rap. And then he's like, Dustin, Dustin, turn around and look at me. It's like, dude, just, just do your thing so you can get eliminated. I, <laughs> Dustin doesn't need to listen to you rap about him poorly. Bro, and he says like 15 yells between every line. And then I'm sorry, when you start, all oh, the people on the ride, the people on the. That's, you're not rapping anymore. Now you just, you run out of stuff to say. And you're looking for the crowd. You're looking for the cheap pop. And no dead. one said anything. No, no one said anything. It was, a, it was dead. It, was, it might as well have been an empty arena. 
I, I said it when we were watching it. I was like, look, I'm I'm game for a rap gimmick. I don't like I'm cool with it, but you gotta be good though. Yeah. And every time Max Caster has come out rapping, it's always been so bad. It's so I don't know who told him that he's good. Because someone, you know, it must have been like his mom or something, because he's bad. He's nah. he's really bad. That's why he lives in a hotel. She kicked him out the house. Yikes. No, yo, that's not funny. Uh, the kid that lives under me just got kicked out of his house today. I woke up from a cold nap. <laughs> he was getting kicked out. <laughs> I'm not laughing. That's not funny. <laughs> oh, oh, God. That's not funny. It's not, it's not funny. But, okay, so we have um, uh, the, the, the clubs come out, and uh, I think Caster's the first one eliminated. Matt Seidel follows like Caster. Yeah. Um so I am just gonna go through the, the suits and then we can just break down however we'd like. Uh the diamonds, we had Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, Preston Ten Vance, Nick Camaroto, and Serpentico. Now Serpentico was replacing the blade. Yeah. Because the blade was injured. And then we had uh, in the hearts Brian Pillman Jr., Griff Garrison, Colt Cabana, Anthony Bowens, and Penta. And the spades was uh, Mark uh, Mark Quinn, Jungle Boy, Aaron Solo, uh, Evil Uno, and Lee Johnson. And I think Aaron Sol- Solo was there for QT Marshall, who was yeah, hurt. correct. And then of course we had the Joker, which was speculation ish. Uh, I was trying to get get a get a conversation going in the group chat, and you guys were not biting. I was like, right back, TBA question mark. Nah, son. I, I can't ignore right back anything. Fact, first of all, my phone was charging, but even if it wasn't, son, you gonna throw right back at me? We we not we not friends. <laughs> I was like Andrade question mark. No, and then I go Samoa Joe. Tommy's like, I can see that. I, I like that. I was like, oh, thank you. Finally, somebody. <laughs> Took some bait. I think Damn. I was distracted by work at that point. I don't know. I knew it was going to be some more Joe because of the contract with WWE. Yeah, one can hope. But I, I think I don't know. I was I was happy with the Joker shades. I know you weren't, but we've also we who you and I have been on opposite sides of the fence about this guy to begin with from day one. So I don't know. But before we get to the Joker, or do you want to do the Joker and then go to the match? No, no, let's 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 go through the match a little bit and then get to the Joker. Um, so Christian Cage comes out as part of the first suit, mm-hmm. and that was I know that was Shades' pick. I think that was a popular pick. That was it. Yeah, that was the most popular pick. In the it makes movie. sense. It made sense. You know, it, I it's a safe pick in my opinion. Um, and you know, he, he did fine. Whatever. Um, Four eliminations. Yeah, yeah. He but he spent the, he spent the majority of the time on the outside, which pissed me off. The problem is that in all battle royals, like it has to happen because everyone has to get mm-hmm. their stuff in. Yeah, but not even that. There was one point where they went to the outside, and half the guys that were out there were eliminated minutes ago, and they're all just sitting against the guardrail, which makes it confusing because Powerhouse Hobbs I thought was eliminated, but then he mm-hmm. wasn't mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he was back in the match a few minutes later. I was like. Wait, I thought he was eliminated. I, it was a little the stuff, the fact that they were like hanging out before going to the back, yeah, was really distracting and made things confusing. And so I wasn't a fan of that. If you get eliminated, go to the back, just get out, go away. The thing is, if you, look at, if you look at the set, 
Mm -hmm. They didn't have the room on the side of the stage to, to sneak off. Yeah, but some of them did. Like, or don't even sneak off. What do you to sneak for? We know you got eliminated. Go to the back. Yeah, but the thing is, they usually don't let them up. The, if it's a stage like that, they usually go along the side. And I'm yes. talking in any promotion, not don't. just not just um, AEW. Yeah, but then you have a bunch of guys just laying outside for no reason. I, I completely agree, but I'm saying they, they didn't take this into account. Yeah. I mean, yeah, t Tommy's not wrong because Seidel, you said, was the first one eliminated. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see him going up the ramp until at least the um, the hearts were out. Yeah. So you're spending essentially six minutes on the side of the ring. Now, I know he got kicked in the, the ding-dong, but still. Yeah. It's it it took uh, it was it was confusing because uh, Christian was on the outside. Powerhouse Hobbs is on the outside. Um, I thought he got eliminated. He's back in the ring, and then mm -hmm. I don't see him again. And it's like, oh, these are the last two combatants. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, Tommy Boy did like Powerhouse Hobbs get eliminated? They glanced like, yeah. over it hard. Yep. Yep. And it didn't help that the commentators didn't even know what was going on at, at some point. Right. They were like Powerhouse Hobbs eliminated. Oh no, he's not. He uh, it was it was uh Camarotto and um and Ten that was yeah. uh, that were both eliminated at the same right. time. I'm like you guys need to get it together because but there's too much going on right now. That's the problem and you can't even blame Yeah, the commentators need to get it together, but you can't really blame them completely for it because of the pile of bodies outside that had nothing to do with the match anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's hard to tell who's in and who like who's in and taking a powder and who's out and just out. You know? Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know. But I do want to I do want to mention that um I was impressed by 10. Yeah, 10 mm -hmm. had a good showing. I was I was impressed by Nick Camarado. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know much about him at all until this match and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Him and 10 had a good yeah, good little go there too. I ten versus Camarado is a fun like indie match mm -hmm. when like you know, you know what I mean like that that that's a fun one to watch. You know, it, it, oh. a, little, a little thing that like I think you would have would have appreciated two shades is how ten was on the outside. He held the rope for Dustin to eliminate Camarado, and then Camarado mm -hmm. was like, "All right, I'm going. Guess what? I'm grabbing onto ten's leg, and he's coming too." Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's like I'm not going into the fire alone. You're coming with me. Yeah, and with these two guys, um, you're interested in to watch watching them actually wrestle next Dynamite on Friday, this coming Friday. Uh, they're having a one on one match. Oh, nice! With that elimination, you could tell that they dope. were going to meet up one on one. Mm -hmm. dope, dope, dope. I'm I'm down for that. Um, and I do want to mention that there was two Matt Hardy and Christian Cage, um, nostalgia spots. Mm -hmm. now, the first one was in the beginning when they were both in the ring at the same time. Yep, they got time to just be in the ring by themselves, and the camera work was kind of weird. There was like a few times where the camera was a little like the camera placement was weird, or where they which camera they cut to was weird. Um, mm -hmm. But the camera didn't really focus on that moment, but the crowd caught it, and so the crowd started chanting, "They're going crazy!" But then the other wrestlers in the match broke it up in like two seconds. So I was like, "Bro, you, you have." The Hardy Boys Edge and Christian rivalry represented. Just do it. Just give me like the, the, give me like two minutes of them squaring off and then like punching each other endlessly until something someone breaks it up. As like they even, didn't even a thirty second just like punch for punch. Yeah, exactly. Like that's would have it. Been enough. No, that didn't happen. But then we did get a pseudo team up 
And in the second spot later on the match, where we got down to like the final five, they look at each other and they like, you know, give each other like a nod, like, yeah, we're friends, we have this old rivalry, blah, blah, blah. And they give each other like a knuckle pound, like mm-hmm. an agreement, but then Christian eliminates Matt Hardy. Yep. So was that like, was the final three. Yeah, final three, sorry. So I was like, okay, like, cool. I appreciate that you're not doing, you're not trying to do the whole WWE, milking all of it for what it's worth. But this is a spot that, in a show that, as we will see later, was all about fan service, this was fan service that they missed, in my opinion. I don't see, yes, they missed the fan service, but I don't think it was necessarily a terrible miss. Mm-hmm. No, but they missed it. Yeah, but I don't think it was the worst miss ever. I agree. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I. They, I I'm fine with them not doing it. I'm fine if they did it. Didn't yeah. it didn't really affect me either way. I wasn't really into this battle royal like mm-hmm. we are in, pre- in like past battle royals. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt they focused way too much on Mad Hardy and Private Party. Uh, Agreed. And, I was and their it, it completely turned me off to the match. That's fair. It was too much of them. I think and I'm just sick. like yeah. I, I'm said like, that I, match, I do not like this Mad Hardy. He annoys me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess he just didn't want the the deleter to get stale. But I mean, this is uh, this was. Guess what? Carbo. This is stale. Yeah, I was like, I don't care about uh, the um, uh, Hardy family organization. Is that yeah. what they're calling themselves? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like I'm I'm dumb. This is like, please eliminate them. Yeah, because I I can't I cannot sit through this. I like um, the idea of Matt Hardy taking Private Party under his wing. Um, there's the way they're doing it. I'm not crazy about. Yeah, Honestly. because they worked better as baby faces, and they're not. Now they're heels. Agreed. 100 percent agree. Do you know what it kind of reminds me of? Mm. The hurt business that didn't break up. Mm. Just look how they act. Look how they dress. Mm. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, but let's let's move on to um to the Joker. Right, the big TBA. So, the Joker card hits. They they put something on the big screen. Um, I forget what the wording is. I but I see the word rush. My first thought was Roosh. and I was like, they just mispronounced this guy's name. It's Roosh, not Rush, whatever. But then it's Leo Rush, and I geeked. I geeked because. From the first time I saw him on the indie scene way back when, I was a Leo, I was a Leo Rush fan, mm-hmm. and then I saw his his uh, his um, his rivalry, his feud with Keith Lee in PWG, and I was like, bro, I'm sold on anything that these two guys do together. And so I was a big fan of Leo Rush when he came to WWE. I felt like he got the short end of the stick. Um, I don't like what they did with him there, and. Then he left. He got released or he whatever the case was, but he's gone. I know he was working at MLW for a bit. And so I was not I didn't see this coming at all. But I was very happy to see him. I thought he got a good shine. He came in the ring and did his thing. He showed off his quickness and his speed and his agility and all that stuff. He was he was Leo Rush doing Leo Rush. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it worked an ideal spot because he didn't win, so he didn't take anyone's spot, but he looked good. And the fans popped, and so if it was a future TNT title shot, I could see him winning. Oh, for sure. But you're not putting him in the main event. No. That's not happening. Leo Rush is a, is a 
he'll get you that pop, but he's not a main eventer. Absolutely not. You know, but yeah, I, I was happy to see Leo Rush. If you're, I think the problem, and I'm not speaking for you, Shades, because I know you, you're never really like the biggest Leo Rush fan. Um, but I think a problem could be is with these TBAs, we're always looking and waiting for that big name. Like WWE does do for the Royal Rumble, where they break out these crazy big surprises. And AEW's just not booking it that way. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. When it's a TBA, every single one of these, you know, there's always a TBA, whether it's the casino ladder match, whether it's the casino battle royal, men or women, there's always a TBA. It's overused at this point. I don't know. I mean, if it's become if it's part of their thing, it's part of the thing. Like, especially with this, the Joker card. I think it makes sense for the Joker to be a TBA. hundred percent. But at the same time, it could be a TBA that's still in the that that's in the company. If you're looking for somebody, like, what was the last TBA that fell flat? Was it was it Matt Sidell that botched Matt that botched his entrance? Yeah, Matt Sidell was a TBA. Yeah, a TBA. That's 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 my point. It's the last. I don't remember. So what was the TBA that like? Brian Cage, Cage was Cage like got, got like a so like I haven't seen a TBA that's gotten like a holy you know what pop. Yeah, I hear you. I don't know. I I was cool with Leo Rush. I was, but for me, a TBA needs to be like a surprise. But, but, I, who else are you gonna get right now? But that's the thing. That's why I think the TBA in these casino matches is overused at this point because. We always have the high expectations, but it never meets it. I get it. I get it, but I'm okay with it. If it's, if it's especially with the Joker thing, the Joker card is supposed to be a wild card that no one knows. Like it's supposed to be anything, and so if it's a TBA and they bring in someone, even if it's just for a one-off, mm-hmm. I'm cool with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was not happy with Leo Rush. I didn't care. Uh, I I felt that they wasted a Joker when they could have done something else um for instance this is for a future aew world championship opportunity you can pencil somebody in from new japan real quick you can excuse me try to get somebody from ring of honor i mean there were no big free agents out there like uh thrill and i were talking about on friday night and there was nobody coming back from an injury. Um, so I think they picked like a safe. Like, Leo Rush is a fan favorite. He did get a good pop. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know. Um, I think a TBA should be somebody that you believe could possibly win. Like when I saw fair. Leo Rush, I knew the TBA was not winning. That's a fair point. That's a fair, I can't argue that. That's okay. I, I mean, it all, it all depends on the circumstances, of course. Like, oh. Oh, um, yeah. But, yeah, so at the end of the day, we got um, the final two was Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. Now, it's funny that Jungle Boy ended up in the final because when him and Penta squared off, Penta was my pick, but him and Penta squared off and Jungle Boy did not back down. And mm-hmm. they got to each other's faces and they, they had a spot with each other. And I was like, oh, this is dope. I'm down for this. Sign me up for Penta versus Jungle Boy any day of the week. Um, Penta ends up getting eliminated, whatever. But when it was Jungle Boy and Christian, I was like, you know, Christian is the obvious pick now. This stinks. But then the same reason why I picked Penta is why I was happy that Jungle Boy won. Yep. Because I thought one is a feud. 
One is a match. If you're doing this future opportunity, like you said, Shades, it's probably just like next week on Dynamite or something. So if we're talking about a one-off match, I'll take Jungle Boy versus Kenny versus Christian Cage over mm-hmm. versus Kenny any day of the week. But if you're gonna give me a feud, then Brian, then Christian Cage makes sense. Yeah. But you have to build that. You you don't mm-hmm. want to just do a, a Christian Cage versus Kenny and just like throw walk it away, away from it. exactly. You don't want it to be a throwaway. You um, can throw away Jungle Boy. And- exactly. Exactly. But and, at the same and you time, you can book it. That can be help a fantastic twenty minute match. Exactly. If you give him the last thirty minutes of Dynamite and let Jungle Boy push him to the brink, but then lose, then you get what you need. Jungle Boy looks great. Kenny has a good match. You have a good match on your TV show. And find everyone's way, happy. And then find a way to have Don Cows or somebody permanently in Marco's son, and we'll have a legit tag team. That'd be great. But anyway. Um, I mean, I was not upset Jungle Boy won this match. I wasn't yeah, either. Um, I, I was not upset at all. Getting to the close of the match, I'm like, all right, my boy Christian's about to win. Get me another point. But I'm just like, Christian doesn't need to win this. I was like, Jungle Boy needs this. Mm-hmm. You're, if you're if you're trying to build a star and Jungle Boy is over like gangbusters. Yep. And he has been the whole time. Yeah. No, but like it was on full display. You know, it's been a year since we've had fans in the building. The fans showed their love for Jungle Boy. Um, him winning, and I think in two weeks, we're getting Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega on Dynamite. I'm okay. The only argument... Wow, they're waiting that long. That's right. <laughs> the only argument for Christian Cage is an argument that Ugo made while he was here was you get it out of the way. Christian Cage is a legend. Kenny is a current champion and arguably the best in the world. You want to have the match while you still have a chance to have the match. You don't want to put it off and then something happens and for whatever reason, you never get to have that match. And then you end up with, oh, you have these guys at the same place at the same time, and you never had them have a match. I, so, you know what I mean? So, like, that's the only argument for Christian yeah, Cage true, winning but this. No, like, but like I said, no disrespect to Christian. I never turned around and said, ooh, Christian's in AEW. Christian and Ken. I did. Ooh. I, I, I'm sorry. Maybe it's just me with the old timers coming back, and, you know, I, I don't want them at the top of the card. The thing, the thing with Christian Cage is, I, so mostly I agree with you. But the way I see like the older generation and how they interact with the newer generation is, are you here for a minute for a bag or are you here to be a part of what's happening? Yeah. And Christian Cage is here to be a part of what's happening. You know, he's not here for a world match and then he's gone. He's here to be a part of AEW. He's here to help. He's here to put people over. And if he can still go, which he clearly can. And knowing if you if you watch this stuff in Impact, then you know that he can be a main event guy. TNA. They're called Impact now. But it was TNA. No, but it, he was in TNA, not in Impact. It's the same company. Different time. No. It's the same time. company. Was Hulk Hogan the WWF champion or the WWE champion? He was actually the WWE champion. Yeah. Well, originally, he was his both. first title. He was both. Oh, WWF. First title. He was the, w- the WWF. All right, fine. Was the Ultimate Warrior... The WWF champion, WWE champion. WWF. Of there course, you go. I obviously. win. I win. Keep going. But when we're talking about WWE or WWF, it's the same thing. I win. Just keep going. Oh, you're so annoying. I hate you both. <laughs> anyway, when no, I mean, you can say something like, "Is he the IWGP champion or is he the IWGP <laughs> World Heavyweight Champion?" They're the same belt. Are you guys done? Oh, we can go. They're the same belt. Are you done? 
Ask Amanda. I can go all night. Oh, my. <laughs> oh. I want, I like Christian. When Christian Cage came to AEW, I was like, give us the Christian Cage that was in TNA, help build that company, and solidify stars. That's it. You're yeah. solidifying Jungle Boy. He did his job. He put Jungle uh, Boy over hard. Especially after he got eliminated. Exactly. Mm-hmm. With, the, with, the app, with the post-match, you know, he went and gave him a pep talk, and he's like, go ahead and get that, go get that belt. Go get that title. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he put him over, and that's what that's what you want. That's what you want. That's what this industry is about. Yep. You know, it's about building new talent, making money, and then turning around and doing it for the next generation. You know, that's, yeah. that's what it's not, about. Not, not a 50-year-old guy coming in and being one of your hottest stars for the world championship in exactly. under five minutes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Listen, we know Jungle Boy is not winning in two weeks. Not happening, but they have a job to do in that match, and I hope they do it right. Exactly. Yeah, we know what the destination is. Right. But damn, that journey's gonna be something. Word. That journey's gonna be something. Let's move on to the next match, though. Oh my god. Oh, come on. This match. Do we oh, have to? Can we... This match. Oh my god, this match. Okay. The next match was Cody Rhodes um, versus Anthony Agogo. This is Agogo's first pay-per-view match. Um, the first one that I've seen him on I don't know if we did anything on AEW Dark or on Elevation, but it was the first that I've seen in Diego go in the ring. So two weeks ago, Cody Rhodes cut that stupid, cringeworthy, Americana-style promo that only one person liked. <laughs> Brandy. Brandy. <laughs> oh, God. And, the, and he, he said it during the promo. He's like, I'm not going to be the American Nightmare. I'm going to be the American Dream. And he comes out, and he doesn't have his stupid Snoop Dogg remix song. He has his regular song. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to front. His gear looked dope. He looked like he, the he, Homelander. <laughs> he, he, looked like, he looked like Homelander and Tanahashi had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Stop me when I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, yo, not for nothing. It's pretty dope. Like, that jacket thing, his, his boots, the tie, everything. I was like, look, looks good. But then they announce him, and they're like, the American Dream, Cody Rhodes. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I kind of tuned this match out as soon as Justin Roberts said the American Dream. And then they have the match, and it's just, it's so boring. vanilla. It's boring. Boring. For lack of a better word, it was boring. And the wrong man won. I don't understand why Cody needs to stroke himself so much when he has a wife to do it for him. I don't get it. I don't... Oh, by the way, did you catch when they announced him? Uh, uh, Justin Roberts announced him as a father-to-be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you... What? That's what happens when you're the EVP. We have to do that? Yeah. We have to announce you as a father-to-be? Yep. And then you have to be Anthony Agogo? Like, it... This... It, it, <sighs> Cody's in full, full, full baby face mode. Like he is, it, it's it's nauseating. Yeah, but you know what? It's not getting him over in the right way. People are no, turning. it's not it, turning. Mm-hmm. People are turning on him. And it's like, oh look, you're you know you're going this whole route, and 
you know what? Not not gonna fall down this rabbit hole, but it's the truth. You're going the WWE route. You, you you're shoving your personal life in our face, and you have to have your little, you know, I'm gonna say it, your little Ms. and Mrs. bite off. You gotta have your little reality show. Go away. Honestly, two years ago, I never thought I'd be saying this. Cody Rhodes, go away. Stay in gorilla position. Bro, I don't even care about the the, the reality show. I don't. I don't care. But I don't, whatever you do outside my of point. the ring, I, I don't give a flying bleep about what the f you do outside of the ring. It's about what you do on the product, on the television, in the ring, and to come out and call yourself the American Dream and have been announced as a father to be. And then to beat one of your newest talents? Basically. Because why? Reasons. Because, because he's because British? America, ver- America versus UK. But, uh, Memorial oh, sorry. Day weekend. Last I checked, we won the Revolutionary War and would have been allies since. What is this, this faux animosity? Yorktown, baby. It, it's so stupid, bro. I'm getting upset. So, I actually said it to you, and I didn't say it in the chat, but I said it to to a thrill over here he he's like a go-go has to win i said yes but lately cody has been very selfish yeah he hasn't put anyone over uh he's only put two people over yeah um mjf yep and darby allen that's it went from putting everybody over two years ago to yeah i'm not laying down for you He's turned into the EVP you can't have. Oh yeah. He's starting to have that Jarrett complex. I'm the boss, I win. Oof. Like Kevin Nash syndrome right there. Like honestly. No, it's it's not that bad. I mean, he's not in the main event scene, so you can't really complain all that much. No, I get but he's winning matches he should be putting people over in. Shades, you're right. It's it's not as bad as it could be. It can get there though, and I think it will get there after he has his kid. Bro, take some time off of the baby's board, please. But say after he gets please. back from that time off, please. hopefully the baby humbles him because I can see it getting that bad. No, it's going to be even worse. It's going to be even worse. His you, you know the ratio makes every baby. Episode. I hope not, because then I will not watch AEW anymore. Brandy, the, the 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 first week that that baby's born, she's going to be on. Brandy's going to come out with the baby, and once the baby starts like walking and stuff, the baby's going to be in the ring. Doing stupid stuff. Oh my god, I'm already getting So we're gonna have a negative one versus oh. Cody's baby match. Can we move on. We move on. No, no, no. Well, well what's gonna happen is Cody's finally gonna get that like opportunity to be AEW world champion, and then the baby's gonna come out and she's gonna hug him when he wins the championship. That's what you're gonna get. And I'm moving gonna on to the all over match. the place because you're gonna kill the belt collector thing for her. She better come out and low blow him. That's the only time I want to see the baby in the ring. Yo, Joe, here's the baby, and then she kicks a field goal. That's it. Uh, let's never move on to the next match. Never thought I'd be so frustrated with Cody Rhodes, but I am. I never thought I'd take Cody Rhodes get off my TV. You're right, Shane. I'm sorry. Let's move on, please. Uh, AEW TNT Championship is on the line. Miro, defending champion against Lance Archer in a very, in my opinion, forced feud. Oh. Um, uh-huh. Uh, they 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 were talking about uh, during the weigh-ins how Miro hit Jake the Snake Roberts, and he's an old man and blah blah blah. And then they just had like a quick like I'm stronger than you, you're stronger than me, I'm stronger than you, you're stronger than me. Uh, Jake comes out, he hits him. Uh, Miro hits him again, takes the bag that's supposed to have a snake in it, which clearly doesn't have a snake because Peta 
pulled <laughs> over AEW. And then he just launches that bag like twenty feet away onto the to the ramp. Hey, never and, um, it might be for the illusion that there was a snake in the bag. Yeah, I mean, okay, but still, um, I don't, I, I didn't care about this match. And, and then AEW Arn- because it didn't even get ten minutes. Bro, they they're trying so hard to one eighty Miro, but they're doing it too much too fast. Can I give him a little tip? Tell him to stop doing his Rusev entrance, and he might have a shot. No, but the problem is, is that's what the fans want. He came in doing something entirely different. He was doing his gamer gimmick and the best man gimmick, and everyone hated it, myself included. Mm-hmm. And so they had him beat up um, Kip Sabian, and. 180. Now he's back to being the brute. No, you can now be he, the brute. he beat up uh, Darby Allen for the TNT Championship, and now he's you know he's this more physical, aggressive. I'm cool. Brute. I'm yeah. cool with the brute, but the standing there, running, jumping, and spitting the water like Rusev did. But he is Rusev. No, he's no. But if he okay, but if, let let's pres- I'm, I'm not going to assume to know, but let's hypothetically assume that he's the one who created this. Concept of coming out and doing that and blah, blah blah blah. If that's his, is he supposed to just leave that all behind because he changed companies? It's associated with a character that he's not anymore. But it's it's who he is. Good for him. Honestly, uh, with I, one, I, he can't I, do anything right for me right now. So, um, I don't hate it that he's doing it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just I understand what Tommy's saying. Like, dude find a better gimmick. Like, find a different gimmick. You've done this already. Just try to reinvent yourself. Well, but with the, uh, on the other side of that, that coin, Thrill said he tried to reinvent himself with that best man gamer gimmick, and everybody was like, go fly a kite. This is crap. So I mean, give the not, people what they want for now. I'm not here to compare Miro to the legend I'm about to compare him to. But think about people like AJ Styles, Hulk Hogan, etc. They had their thing in other promotions, and they didn't change their gimmick entirely when they went somewhere else. They took it with them. AJ was doing the P1 thing and the, the Phenomenal One everywhere he went. He didn't just change it up because he went to New Japan and change again in WWE. Hulk Hogan didn't stop doing the ear stuff and the, the flexing because he went from WWF to WCW. Like... If you are like, if this is who you are, then that's who you are. Especially if that's what made you your bones. Well, they also earned that, right? Like I said, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to compare Miro to these guys who have, you know, these years of legacy behind them. But it's the same concept applied. But the thing is, they took their name and everything with them. They were fortunate enough to do that. Miro couldn't. Yeah, they also had they had the rights to their names. Miro did not yeah. have the rights to his name. Right. You're a different guy in a different place acting like that other guy. That's all I'm saying. Listen, it's what got him over. It's going to keep him keep him getting over. Just if they say him, Miro find Day, something better. No, if they do Miro Day, that's a whole different thing. Because now that's a gimmick that they took from WWE. WWE well, that's bestowed a... Rusev Day on him. Mm-hmm. No, he bestowed Rusev Day on himself. Yeah, that was that and was WWE like, took it. That was him and Aiden English. That was him and Aiden English. They were saying something stupid that just somehow got over. Whatever. Either way, no, they can't. They can't do Miro Day. If they just say it once, I'm gonna be like you idiots. 
Whatever. But moving on. moving on from the match that even AEW wouldn't oh, get yeah. 10 minutes. Um, Miro won with the... Yeah, whatever. Duh. Now they call it the game over. It's not the accolade anymore. It's the game over. And he doesn't just do it in the position that he used to do. Now he takes him all the way back to the... Yeah, he actually cranks on it. Right, exactly. But yeah, whatever. Miro wins. He retains. Moving on. Um, the next match was the match for the AEW Women's World Championship between... Uh, defending champion Hikaru Shida and the challenger Britt Baker, Doctor Britt Baker DMD. That was a sick yo. And this match worked for me on every level. Well, first of all, you're not gonna see Doctor Britt Baker DMD came on with Rebel, not Reba. No, Reba. Reba. Yeah, Reba, Rebel, not Reba, not Reba, Reba, Rebel, not Reba, Reba. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, we thought this match was gonna be good. And they didn't let down. They did not disappoint. This match was really good. I, I don't. I don't even know that I have anything to. I mean, I hated um, Britt's glove. Her glove was dumb. Yeah, I. I uh... But other than that, they. This was. This is what you want. I didn't like the glammed out glove. I think the surgical glove is more of an intimidating factor with the lockjaw. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like once you put rhinestones and sparkles on the glove, it loses it. It loses the effect for me. We'll talk about rhinestones later. Because please, because the end of the day, you are, you know, not, I'm not going to say shoot, but you are a real dentist. Mm. So let's keep that part, you know, there with the actual surgical glove. Yeah. It's the only thing I'm going to say. It's like that. If that's the only complaint I have about this match, then we're in a good spot. Yeah. Yo, Sheeta came out and she had massive loose face. She she almost broke down on the stage. She looked like she was about to start crying twice, and her face just said, uh, "Okay, this is it. This is my reign, and it's over." And she was not happy. No, I don't think she was upset. Like she I wasn't am, mad about it. I am she in the last sad. seventeen minutes of my reign. But it was. I mean, it was a good match. I don't really have anything to point out other than it was a good match. Well, like, I have one complaint. Go for it. Uh, there was too many false finishes. Okay. And um, it, it, it took away from me. It took away. Like, it took it away from me. Like, completely. It was still a great match. Do not get me wrong. I'm not killing the match. I'm just the false finishes with, with uh, Rebel hitting uh, Brit with the um, the crutch. Match could have been over there. No. The curb stomp on the belt. No. I'm like, alright. Like, there was... Other ma- others that I can't actually think of at this moment in time because it's extremely late and we're all tired. There was, there but was um, two of them that should have been match enders that even we got frustrated with. The curb stop. The stop on the curb stop was the one that I was like, ah, oh, that that should have finished the match. Oh yeah, yeah that should have been curtains. That should have been yeah. I the, the the quote unquote false finishes didn't bother me because I don't see them the same way you do shades. I don't to me. A false finish is when you hit your finish or something that would, that would presumably be the finish, like the yeah. title, curb stop on the title, and then someone kicks out. That's a false finish. But every close count is not a false finish to me. See, and so there was a lot of close counts, especially towards the end of the match. There was a lot of pretty predicaments that went to like two and a half, two and three quarters. But to me, that's not a false finish. So like it doesn't bother me. I get bothered when someone hits their finish and they kick out of it. Someone, it bothers me when you have like the curb the curb stomp spot bothers me because in any other match, that's that's ball game. You curb stomp somebody into the belt. That should be end of story. Um, but other than that, like the 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 quote unquote false finishes didn't really bother me. 
Mm-hmm. Well, in a way, um, Britt, if I if this is was it Britt that should have technically been disqualified because the referee turned around way too early. Well, to and be when fair, she was throwing the belt out, yeah, right. So to be she fair, had the belt in her hand when he but she her. was throwing it out. Doesn't matter. No, 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 no. no. Let, let's let's kayfabe this real quick. Let's kayfabe this real quick. Mm. The belt is in her hand. She is down. Put two and two together, ref. They, That's not how that works. That's not how that works. You can't disqualify someone for what you think they did. That happened before. Eddie Guerrero. Bingo. Eddie Guerrero used to do it all the time. Yes, but she she didn't make. There's no implication. Eddie, how did Eddie Guerrero win? A few of his yeah. matches. Yes. He would go down, uh-huh. throw the belt. Mm-hmm. The referee would be like, mm-hmm. Eddie, Eddie's out. You have the belt. Ring the bell. Ring, ring the, the bell. bell. Ring the bell. Mm-hmm. He would yeah, be he's, down. He's, he would, the, and he would, the, so that when the referee turned around, he'd see down Eddie and the weapon in the opponent's hand. And the hold on. Hold, hold on. You got to let me finish. Nah. Eddie's down. His opponent is standing over him, conscious, with the belt in their hand. Presumably just hitting them, right? In this case, the referee turned around to simply see Britt throwing the belt out. Now, is it not possible that she saw the belt and threw it out to just throw it out? You can't no. assume. What am I doing here? You can't. No, what am I doing no, here? it's not. No, if you're going to, you got to kayfabe it. You got to kayfabe if I'm the, it. If I'm the ref, I'm turning around and be like, oh, that's a disqualification. You, but because she touched the belt? She had the belt in her hand throwing out. She's the heel in the match. Like, come on. See, but now you're mixing kayfabe and, and work. You can't do that. Either the ref calls it and or or and like it's an actual thing. Oh, well, she must have hit her. Or you don't. And she's a heel. She's a face. So which one is it? Is it a wrestling match or is it a fake fight? Which one is it? Well, they're both the same thing. Then, but <laughs> no, but you have to look at them differently. The you have to look is, at them she differently. She was throwing away the evidence. The referee turned around way too early. I call it a ref box. Have you never seen Tommy, a Tommy, face? I'm going to put an end to this right now. Remember what AEW said. Referee's discretion. Oh, yeah. That. I didn't like that in real sports. I mean, and that's what I was trying to get at. Like, think about real sports. You can't, you don't throw someone out of the game because you think they did something. You have to know that they did something. Oh, that's not true either. <laughs> If if, you, if we're watching, I don't, name a sport. I don't care. And someone's on the floor. Cricket. I don't know anything about cricket. I can't. I can't do anything with cricket. I can't do anything with cricket. You killing me, smalls. You walked right into that one, brother. You know what? Whatever. <laughs> I don't even care. Move on. You guys are jerks. You said name a sport. You should have known I was. You know what I meant. You know what I meant. You should have known I was going out of left field with that one. You're left field. That's right. Oh man, I don't even want to cover this. This next match was Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. All right, can we move uh, on? Did I watch this match? What was I doing that? I I we were complaining about having to watch this match while we were watching. I don't remember. I, 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 I don't get them talking about how Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are eight and zero as a tag team, and you have a geriatric fifty-year-old man, <laughs> fifty-plus-year-old man. Is he almost sixty? Yes, actually, he is almost sixty. Um. Beat Scorpio Sky. Clean. How how does this help Scorpio Sky? It does. It actually hurts. Excuse me. Excuse me. He's sixty-two. Shimmy cricket. Honestly, my opinion, it hurts Scorpio Sky. Yeah, he'll be fine. No, he will not. His stock is complete. In my eyes, his stock is completely low right now, and 
the fact that you have fans in attendance chanting, you still got it. Oh, what was I chanting? That's what I remember. You at least left to this. They were chanting, you still got it. I'm chanting, no, he doesn't. And But this is what I was saying before. that This, this pay-per-view was clearly about fan service. Because mm-hmm. look at how hard they popped when Sting got the win. And you're 100%. And I said, you know, it sucks, but you're 100% right. I, didn't, I don't like Sting winning. I don't like Sting winning, especially with just a single Scorpion death drop on Scorpio Sky, of all people, who at some point they had touted as being like this great singles wrestler that they were going to push to the moon. And then he's he's laying on his back, looking up at the, at the lights after a single Sting after one Scorpion death drop. To a man half his age. I just twice his age, double his age, age, double his age, yeah, twice his age. I just uh, what I, I don't remember much of this match. I clearly didn't care about it. They, no, they, we didn't. Somebody, I remember. I only remember saying it was like, "Oh, I like Scorpio's tights," I and then I remember the ending. With you a, and I were kind of BSing through the match. That's why we don't remember. Because the only good the Avalanche game. No, Avs game was over by then. I don't remember. The only good spot in this match was when Ethan Page launched Darby Allen. From the oh, from the and his legs! Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, bro! Into, yeah, that's it. Other than that, there was nothing else. He launched him into his brother. Dar- Darby seriously has to have some sort of massive bruising on his legs. Yeah, because the, the bottom of his legs clipped that that barricade, like right above his Achilles, hit the barricade hard. Yeah, somewhere between the knee and his ankles hit really hard. But um. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, whatever. I don't care. I don't like the the wrong team one move on. You know, and if Darby, if Darby had gotten the pinfall, I'm okay with it then. Exactly, I would not have been as upset if it was Darby over Ethan Page. This is this is them building Darby, not them building Sting. That's that's what that's that's essentially what it is. And Darby gets pinned. We're happy. You still get the face pop. From the crowd, if Darby's the one who goes over, because the the crowd loves Darby also. Darby's Mm -hmm. over. Over Victor, if Darby gets the win, I'm cool. I'm not as annoyed. You know what they should have done, and I don't want to hammer on this too much. They should have had a fake injury spot for Sting. Sting should have pulled a blame somewhere or been taken out, and the Darby had to pick up the pieces for the team to win. That's what you should have done. You're a hundred because then Sting doesn't look bad. He just gets hurt. Darby looks great. And then Sting gets to thank. Oh, thanks for picking up the pieces. You know, you're oh look, Darby's showing how great he is. That you know what I mean? Like you're right, no. but you're wrong. But no, no, you no. said it yourself. This is a fan service pay per view, yeah. so you know who was mm-hmm. getting the win. I know, I know. I'm just no, trying to think no. of the best case scenario. Nope, 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 nope. They, they wanted, or well, at least Steve Borton wanted to show that he can still wrestle, especially after his last match with Seth Rollins, where he got hurt. They did not want him, or he did not want to have an injury angle. He wanted to show that he he can still... If this is his last match, fine. No, he's but not looking ain't. at the lights. Yeah, but we've seen that before. The Taker's an old school guy and he didn't look at the lights. He was also outside, so... But... <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. I, I He doesn't need this. He doesn't need this. On, on no planet does thing need this win. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, let's see. So then we had the, it wasn't the main event, but it was the main event. For me, it was the main event. 
You had Kenny Omega defending his AEW World Championship in a triple threat match between um, versus excuse me Orange Cassidy and Pac. Um, much like Shades missed that match earlier in the night, I missed the majority of this match because I was having tummy problems. So this is between Yatu. You got you guys got this one. Um, nothing noteworthy happened. But it was a good match, if that yeah. makes any sense. So, like, there wasn't spots that stuck out in my mind. Um, but technically, it was a it was a good match. Like, I enjoyed. I personally enjoyed the match. Yes, it entertained. Um, it did its mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. It somehow, like, there was a couple times I was like, "There's no way Orange Cassidy's winning this," and they made it look like he could. Hmm. They made. They made me believe Orange Cassidy had a chance. And that doesn't happen often. Where I'm like, wow, I can suspend belief and like be a fan again. Yep. Um, Orange Cassidy was being booked really well. Pac was being booked very well. Kenny Omega was being Kenny Omega. Um, there was a towards the closing of the match where I think Cassidy hits the um what's the super, what's the Superman punch called? Orange punch. Orange crush. The orange, orange crush. Oh well, orange punch. I thought it was orange crush. It was orange punch or crush? Richard's punch. Cru- I thought it was crush and it would be better if it was orange crush, but orange punch whatever. It's a Superman um, punch and these orange characters. You could be right, but for some yes. reason orange crush just came into my mind. So, yeah, it sounds it sounds it sounds better. Um so he hits the Superman punch. I'm going to call it that for whatever. Um, on both Pac and Kenny and Don Callis, who's on the commentating uh, booth, freaks out. He's like, oh, sugar, honey, iced tea. And then he just like runs to the ring, pulls the ref out. Um, the ref and, and, and Callis are arguing. Cassidy looks at him. Don Callis runs. Well... Okay, yeah, yeah, you're getting there. Because I'm going to go to the part that I really liked. Oh, I mean, you could jump in whenever you want. So, what's uh, what's Peck's um, submission finisher called? The Brutalizer. So, Peck had Orange in the Brutalizer. Kenny stomping on Peck's head. Peck's not letting go. Peck's not letting go. Peck's not Yeah, he's no selling it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Orange Cassidy's starting to fade. He's starting to pass out. Mm-hmm. So, Kenny's like, oh, no. He's not letting go. He's about to pass out. What does he do? He turns around and just knocks the referee cold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That beautiful. I was like, hey, that is quick thinking. That is, man, Pox no selling the kicks. Orange is about to fade. I'm about to lose my belt. What do I do? Let me attack the ref. Zendo disqualification match. So why the hell not? Hell, even in a disqualification match, why the hell not? I'm still the champion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, getting close to the close of the match, you had um, Kenny asking Don Callis to throw him all four, like, different belts. Oh, yeah, uh, this is great. And he kept hitting, um, <laughs> he kept hitting uh, Pac with it. Um, eventually, Orange Cassidy hits the uh, Orange Punch, um, gets a two count, 
and Kenny Crucifix pins Cassidy for the one, two, three to retain the AW championship. Again, nothing like really crazy stands out about this match, but it was a good, it was a solid 27 minutes of wrestling. Yeah. It didn't feel like 27 minutes, at least to me. Did not feel like 27 minutes. No, definitely didn't. And then uh, when Kenny wins, the Bucks come down. They, they look like discount Triple H and Shawn Michaels with the Kangol hats. <laughs> and um, Doc Gallows comes out dressed like, I don't know, one of the village people or something. Like a bedazzled... Yeah, like a oh bedazzled jacket. I guess bedazzled was like the theme of the night. Little bit, um, little bit. And then uh, he had his fedora, and 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 they just all right. They leave. Cassidy's in the ring, and they just cut to a full gear promo. Yeah, they announced the next two pay per views locations. Yeah, full gear is going to be in St. Louis. And they're going back to Chicago for all in. Out, if all I'm not out. mistaken. All out. I always I always get it confused. All in, mm. all out. Um but before we get to the main event, they debuted a a trainer a new trainer at AEW and a new commentator for AEW's rampage, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The world's strongest man, Mark Henry. I don't know how I feel about this. I think it could go well. I love it. I love it. He's he's got his friend on the mic from doing busted open radio, you know, and he's not exactly under WWE contract. And he hasn't been for a while. He even criticizes them on busted open radio heavily. Exactly. So why not? I'm game. It's not like he's gonna get in the I'm... ring. You're not gonna see him in the ring ever. He's just gonna be doing rampage. All right. So I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with him just doing. Um, commentator work, trainer work, sure, no problem. As soon as you get into the ring, no, no, he's that's, retired. That's bro. what I'm gonna listen. I think when they say trainer, I think they mean legit shoot yeah. trainer. Like he's in the work ring with everybody working yeah. on their game. Okay. I I honestly hope that's what it is because I even think he has said like I'm done in he's, ring. Yeah. I will not be back in the ring. Yep. 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 Okay. Wasn't so that part now, of the Hall of Fame speech? That like I'm really retired now this time. Yeah, because like, the they wore the, sa- the salmon colored uh, yeah. blazer again. Yeah, yeah. Like I think he's done, done. So I think the trainer thing is like a legit backstage helping yeah. everybody in the ring develop whatever they got to develop. And that team is being <laughs> that team is currently being trained. Uh, that locker room is usually being trained by <laughs> Justin Rhodes. The women are the women Billy Gunn and now Mark Henry. Dude. Add Al Snow to that training staff. Oh. Oh my God. Yeah, well, Al Snow is running um OVW now. Al Snow's good right where he is. He's yeah. not going anywhere. And just imagine no. if you added Al Snow to that training staff. <sighs> Dustin's also Dustin's also training his new crop of um uh, wrestlers <laughs> in Texas. Right, right, right. I know so this. Chase knows why I'm laughing. 
I know this because one of our one of my friends is actually enrolled in the class right now. Yeah. Oh, boy. So be on, yeah. so be on the lookout for Eddie Mack. <laughs> you guys can tell me off there. <laughs> anyway, um, shall we meet event? Yeah. The match that did, <laughs> the match yeah. that did feel like every bit of the thirty one minutes it was. Yeah, Chase, this is yours. You gotta you gotta do this. This match is boring. My God, the second stadium stampede match <clears throat> in AEW history. It is the pinnacle. The team of MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood with Tully Blanchard, dressed like he came straight out of the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. Taking on the inner circles: Chris Jericho, Jake Hagar, Sammy Guevara, and Santana and Ortiz. Now, we gonna talk about MJF's pants now or later? Later, uh, right off the rip. I'm okay. doing it right off the rip. Bro, he those... steps out of a limousine oh. with red sparkles on his pants. Bro, they were jeans and... that had knee pads sewed into them, but they were like coach knee pads. Burberry, Burberry. I don't, Burberry. I don't know. Burberry, sure. And there's red sparkles. Looks like he got his jeans from Miss Elizabeth's closet. Worse. I'm like, in the words to, 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 to rip something off of shades, those pants were pug. Whoa, you rolled the R, too. I like it. That's a, and that's a capital R. You got to put it <laughs> on the capital R. Bro, R. Um, oh, so man. MGF comes out alone, mm. and the inner circle are on the giant scoreboard, like the LED screen, and they're rappelling down. And uh, I think it was... Bro, some, someone J- forgot to tell them that it wasn't a music video. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> J- JR says, Is, isn't this the most intensive, like, intense entrance you've ever seen in professional wrestling? I thought and it was quasi like, entrance for a concert. I'm like, what? 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 Am I watching a a uh, 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 Mission Impossible, or am I watching wrestling? Like, what's what's going on here, bro? They 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 rappel down, and then they're in leather biking vests. And when they come down off the the wires, they're standing in front of like these fire boxes, and like there's they're one in front of each of them. I was like, I ain't no front. It's pretty cool. Uh, they got yeah, they look visually fantastic. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I go for it. It's pretty cool. This whole, uh, the opposite of this are, are BA. You know, I'm, I'm, sign me up. This is cool, man. This is cool. And they have like their nicknames on it. Like, yeah. um, I like, and the then Statue the catch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Statue of Liberty with the, uh, they had the bandanas that the Canadian bandana, the American, then they had the Puerto Rican flag. Exactly. One. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even catch that. Uh, Tommy Boy's the one who caught that. Honestly, if they put that as a new, like, inner circle shirt, you, I might drop some. I might drop some money on that shirt because I really was a fan of that symbol. Mm-hmm. That's a it nice was, logo. Yeah, it was. It was definitely cool. Um, but after that, it's kind of downhill from there. See, uh, the Pinnacle show up in in their pickup truck. Yep, like, like a bunch of rednecks. I didn't mind. <laughs> I was okay with the initial MJF Jericho brawling. Mm-hmm. That was entertaining, 
once they switched over to Hagar and Wardlow, it was all downhill from there. Oh, you talking about when when they like when they go into the office and Urban Meyer's there with like their assistant? Yeah, yeah, throwing... yeah. Like because you know what, you still felt a little bit of a blood feud between Jericho and MJ, even though they were doing some jokey stuff. There was still a hatred in the shots. Yeah, like mm-hmm. even when he was throwing the footballs at him. You know, he's throwing the footballs at him. Then when he takes the laptop from from the coach and he goes, oh, nice play. And then he breaks the laptop over MJF's <laughs> face. It's okay. You had the joke in there. But at the same time, you still felt the blood feud between the two. As soon yeah. as they threw MJF through the table and switched over to Wardlow and, and Hagar, and not necessarily because, you know, they did anything wrong, but be boring and lethargic. The match started taking the turn for the one thing we hoped wouldn't happen and as the match went on. Once they got to the tag teams and they did that whole bar setting thing. For me, it started with Sean Spears sitting in the spotlight in the room of chairs. Yeah, I mean, that was totally like a forced visual. But once they started fighting, it was still a serious fight. It was. but you know, the- and, and so that's why I was like, I was willing to give him the pass because he's the chairman. And so like, fine, I get it. I, I agree with you that I didn't like the premise didn't of the, the visual. Yeah, exactly. I didn't need that. The room of chairs I was cool with mm-hmm. if he wasn't sitting in a damn spotlight in the middle of the room. Right. Um, but the, it, it went to a serious fight, so I was fine with that. But then the two tag teams, they, they're in this like bar area, which doesn't make sense mm-hmm. in the relationship to the fact that they're having a pay-per-view on the other side of the, this like area. And then they they like they have a drink. shot. They all take a shot. And then Conan's the DJ, and then they start like throwing bottles at each other. I'm like, all right, I'm, you lost me. I'm out. I didn't, I didn't want, I did not want comedy in this match. I so wanted that, zero and fun. The thing is, that's where it's like, you know what? Working where I work, that room of chairs actually does exist in venues. Mm-hmm. That is a real sure, thing. That makes sense. That's why I was cool with it without the spotlight. Mm-hmm. The bar thing annoyed the. You don't. If you're about to fight somebody, the last thing you're doing is toasting them. You're talking about the feud that's supposed to be so so much of a blood feud. You hate each other. They try to throw off your best friend and kill him. Like, you're going to... I'm sorry. If I'm toasting him, it's the glass going over his head. And, and you have uh, I mean, Dash, Dash and, and whatever. Dash and Cash and Wheelers, Stealers. I don't know. Dax, whatever. Dax, Dax Harwood Dax and Cash Wheeler. With, with, their, with, with their cowboy boots and bandanas over their knees. That was so what are you looking at? Yeah, it was it was it wasn't good. Um then they then they redid spots from the original Stadium Stampede match mm-hmm. where not once but twice where where Sean Spears is getting chased by the inner circle motorcycle gang. And then and the then golf the golf cart spot. Again, I don't like that. I don't like that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but should the match not have ended up back in Daly's place, but in the stadium where, like, well, no, because remember the first one ended in, in the, the in, in the, the stadiums. stadiums. No, it ended in the stadium. But I'm saying it wasn't in the like in ring. The it wasn't in the ring. It was. It wasn't in the ring. No, but it didn't end in Daly's place. Is what I'm saying. It What's ended it? in the stadium. Yeah, but they they clearly have shown that. False count anywhere in this match. Yeah, because it to mention, it's it's it, we've said this. It's fan service. They want to see mm-hmm. the fans want to see them have the finish in the ring. They didn't do that last year because of COVID. Right. There's no fans there to see it other than right. the the roster members that weren't performing. I almost mm-hmm. appreciate the fact that they finished in the middle of the ring in Daly's place, 
where there were fans, especially mm-hmm. because that bro that last um, um, splash that not even splash that was sometime at that point with um, Sammy hit that was over four fifty. His rotation was I don't even six thirty. It was definitely 6.30. Insane. Insane. I was like, how many times is he going to spin? Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so, Sammy Guevara hits the 6.30. Uh, Santan picks up the one two three to redeem himself from last year's last. I'm happy mm-hmm. with the finish. I'm glad Sammy got the uh, got the win. Mm-hmm. Um, but... <sighs> Inner Circle celebrating... At the end of the match was fine, and then um, the fans singing off uh, Judas to close out the show. Like the beginning of the match was cool, then it was it hit a, a lull from like mm-hmm. seven minutes to like thirty minutes, and then the last minute, and then the post match stuff was pretty cool. Other than that, I was I was I was not entertained with this and. They need to make sure they do not do another stadium stampede match Mm-mm. so soon. Um, if ever again, I'm cool with it not happening ever. It has that's to be. Fine. That's fine. I'm fine with that too. <coughs> yeah, I, I'm there. I, I can't even give it a time. And if I can't give it a time, that means it's pretty much chill on it for quite a bit. It was born out of necessity. Now it's not a necessity. Mm-hmm. And they've already proven that they can't do this without being comical. So no, don't do this. If this for me, this was their your litmus test. If you can prove to me that you could do a stadium stampede match and keep it serious and a serious feud, fine. But they can't. They can't. So yeah. no, but thank you. I'm out. No much. So with that being said, now. Yes. We do what we normally do at the end of every pay per view. Some. Hold on, don't we normally do match of the night first? Match well, of the night. Yeah, 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 but let me get to Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. The, the, the you you have your way of doing it. This is I'm doing this for like the Oh, first I know time. what he's doing. I'm sorry. I, I know what you're doing, Chates. My apologies, sir. Right, yeah, you're right, I'm sorry. As Go for it, brother. Some matches have star uh gradings or letter gradings like Meltzer, but here at Grapple Apps we have Topes. We do our match of the night and then we Try to do as good math as we possibly can. Oh, math, no. <laughs> to get a, our, our tope rating. Match of the night, I think, is going to be a no-brainer for all three of us. If, if I do say so myself. Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida. Are we in agreement here? Or... I'm actually a 50-50 toss-up between mm, Britt and okay. Sheeta and then the triple threat because okay. the three-way did it. Like I honestly can go either way on that right now. Mm-hmm. I And I'm still having a tough time choosing it because, you know what? We had expectations for the women, and they lived up to those expectations. And just just to see how far somebody like Britt Baker's come in the last two years. Cause remember two years ago around this time we were saying, you know, she's got the look, but nothing really else. This is who you're building your division around. Not going to work. Exactly. And she's proven us wrong in two years. Yeah. 
So yeah, you know what? I am going to go there just because of just her her trajectory and how she's gone from point A to point B. So I'm going to do something I've never done on the show before. I am not going to select a match of the night. What? And it's not because there's a lack of matches, but because I can't pick one over the other. I was a fan of the women's title match, both women's title matches. Yep. Um, the Hangman versus Brian Cage match. Um, all three of those matches, for me, could have been. And I mean, I can't really say anything about the the AEW World Championship match. If I you if it. you saw the three way, you'd have a tough time doing with that one. But those three matches, I I can't pick any reason to pick one over the other, and so I'm not going to. So I'm sorry, but for the first yeah. time ever, I'm going to say I do not have a match of the night. Okay, okay. That's so it. now, and now since you don't have, since you can't choose a match of the night. I want you to go first and tell me what do you, you just, grade this pay per view? You just buried yourself. <laughs> you, sir. Wait, Charlton. Are you prepared? Oh, no, that's Wikipedia. Not even close. Are you not? <laughs> I always win this. I, I, thought, I thought he had everything written down to like shove it <laughs> in our face when he called you a Charlton. No, you're a Charlton, sir. <sighs> okay, so per usual, we start at 2.5 and we scale it from there. So. I really did enjoy Serena Deeb versus Riho. We normally don't incorporate it into our ratings. You have to, though. Mm-hmm. Will, if it... I feel like... I mean, look, I'll go with whatever you guys say. But Shades, you you and I have typically... We don't incorporate the pre-show match. What's it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, this time I'm going to. Okay, so then I, I will as like, well. Basically, if it turns around... If it doesn't do anything egregious, yeah, fine. But if it turns around and... Like, say we didn't buy the pay-per-view yet, and we were just hanging out watching hockey. Yeah, that's fair. With this match return, I said, yo, I got to watch the show now. That's fair. That's okay. why you got to, like, you got to right. give it the rub. Okay. So, if we're starting at 2.5, um, after the pre-show match, I'm at a 3. Mm-hmm. Um, Hangman and Brian Cage, I'm at a 3.25 at the very least, maybe even a 3.5, mm-hmm. somewhere like that. Um, the Bucks and the Bucks, the, the tag team match... I liked it. I liked what they did with it. I don't want to call it average or mediocre, um, but I did enjoy. I thought they 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 executed it perfectly. So I'm gonna say I'm at a three point five right now. Um, the Casino Battle Royale. Oh man, um, this match didn't bother me either. I was okay with this match. You know, what? I'm gonna stay at a three point five. Um, I I enjoyed Leo Rush. I enjoyed Jungle Boy winning. Penta, if Penta won, I probably would have bumped it up because I picked Penta. Yeah, because you would have got a point that. Exactly. Of course you're going to bump it off. Exactly. But no, I'm, I'm going to say 3.5 for now. Um, Cody versus Anthony Gogo, that knocks it down to a 3.25. Um, Miro versus Lance Archer, I guess it was fine. I'll stay at 3.25. It didn't, it didn't offend me. It just did nothing for me, you know. Cody versus Anthony Gogo pissed me off. Um, Miro versus Lance Archer is fine. Brit versus Sheeta puts me back up to a 3.5. Uh, Sting and Darby versus Scorpio and Ethan Page didn't... I wasn't paying attention, so I can't really do anything with that. 3.5, I guess. I'll stay there. I, I would knock it just for the finish. I missed the, the Kenny, the triple threat match, so I gotta stay at 3.5. Inner Circle... <sighs> 
the math comes out to 3.25, but I don't feel like it was a 3.25. I feel like it was a 3.5. So I gotta, I'm gonna say I'm staying at a 3.5. And even that, I feel like I could have, I probably could have even found myself at a four if I'm being honest. Um, go back and watch the just the three way, and it might get you to a 3.75. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go based on how I felt about the show as well as my numbers. I'm not gonna go strictly on the numbers for once. I'm, I'm gonna say four. I'm gonna sit at four. I feel like this was a four pay per view. Mm. It wasn't. It wasn't a five, um, but I I really enjoyed this show minus two match two matches and one that I didn't get to see. You literally get so ten matches on the card minus two matches. You literally gave it the exact eighty. Boom! There you go. See, makes sense. I'm I'm gonna sit at a four. Tommy boy, do you have your numbers? I I do. I do, sir. So starting the two point five, like, like I said, Serena and Riho. They not only magic, they exceed expectations. So you got to give them the three there. Hangman, you know, I, I, I'm literally in the same boat with throw. I, I put it up to three, two, uh, yeah, three, two, five. Nothing egregious there with the Bucks. So I keep it at three, two, five. Casino Battle Royal was all right. Wasn't great. But I do give it the extra quarter of a point there because I do enjoy the fact that Jungle Boy won. You know, he deserves the rub he's getting. That's all I'm going to say there. Um, Cody, for me, brings it down the quarter of a point to mm-hmm. back to uh, 325. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as Miro and Lance annoy me, they didn't do anything egregious, so we keep it there. You know, I'm sorry you might disagree with me, but I am not going to quarter of a point off because Sting and Darby winning. Sting getting the finish clean like that. Yeah, but that's the match itself wasn't offensive but Sting getting a clean finish off offensive. of a game young guy that is, offensive. is the offensive part for me. <laughs> so they lose the quarter of a point there. Just the storytelling and like the goodies you got from Kenny Orange and Pac bring me back up to a 3.5, possibly even a 3.75, because I'm telling you, Pacno selling the kicks, Orange fading, Kenny be like, I have no other choice, and knocks the crap out of the referee. Yeah, I'm going to give it the three quarters of a point there, just because you don't see that. Like, you don't see the, the heel resort to literally having to knock out the referee out of desperation as much as cheating. It was a desperation move, not a cheating move. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because, like, the stadium stampede match started off fine. It did exactly what I thought it was, so I can't knock it for doing exactly what I expected from it. But I will go up to the four because I am a fan of Sammy, and I'm glad that he was able to be standing tall at the end of it. And plus, I okay. wanted to see him and Sean Spears go and to get that – maybe a couple of minutes of them two going one-on-one in the ring. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that part of it. And I think we can see a couple of really good one-on-ones from them in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually with you. I, I, I was at a three, seven, five, but Sammy put it at a four. Awesome sauce. Okay. So, so for my rating. Shane's two point. <laughs> Serena Deeb and Riho bring it up to a three. Um, I didn't get to see the Hangman and Brian Cage match, so it's going to stay at a three. The Bucks and um, versus Moxley and Kingston. 
3.25. Um, Jungle Boy winning brings it up. Alright, so I wasn't going to give this any points because I wasn't entertained. But Jungle Boy winning brings it to a 3.5. <sighs> Cody winning, even though he didn't need to, stays at a 3.5. Miro stays at a 3.5. Britt Baker. We're at a four. Sting and Darby Allen, Allen winning knocks it down to a three seven five. Kenny and Pog bring it back to a four, and we're gonna stay at a four after the main event. So I'm with you guys. I think we're unanimous, unanimously at a yeah. four. It was a good pay per view. It yeah. was. Yeah, I would say. Best paper of the of the year so far. So far, yeah, yeah, it's in the running. No complaints, no disagreements. Yeah. So with that being said, boys, my grapples and apples championship was on the line. Oh gosh, now we got business to cover here. But we, we now, you might want to go to sleep. Now, <laughs> yeah, do what you gotta do. You call me when you're done. <sighs> we had business to handle with this, Jates. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this really quickly, or as quickly as my ego allows. <laughs> um, Alan, Tampa boy, listen up and listen closely. I know you're listening to the podcast because you used all my picks, you used all the Tommy boys' picks, and then you go and antagonize me on my page. I allow you to voice your opinion. Young man, your arms are far too short to box with God. I am still. Oh, what was his complaint? Oh. The tie. If Shades, if shades ties, if, if Shades retains through a tie, and he has nothing to do with the, the, the tie... He wants to face me one on one. Why do you get to face me one on one? You're always at the bottom. Well, he wasn't at the bottom this time because he followed the greatness that is us. I'm just saying. I tied at the top this time. That makes it four. Four successful championship defenses in a row. Tom. Thrill. Yo. Allen. Alan, this is for you, my friend. Next time you try to come at me, I will not be so nice. I will take what little dignity you have. And I will squash it. See, that so works for me because I don't have any dignity. <laughs> you know why he doesn't have any dignity? Because I squashed it. <laughs> I've been friends with you for 15 plus years. That's right. <laughs> what was my record? Nine and two? We were both nine, nine and, two. and two. Nine and two. And then this people that copied us were nine and two, too. It was a good showing from everyone. I think everyone was well over 500. Yes. Um, there was no sub 500 records this time. Just saying something, especially with a, a long, big card like that, too. So, 
I appreciate. You know what? The congratulations. Thank you for a successful title defense. You're welcome. And I continue to put graps to apples forward. I continue to be the head of the table. <laughs> oh boy. You done? You guys good? Are, are we can we move on now? Tommy boy. Slap him. <laughs> Do you have anything you need to say? Get off your chest before we, before we wrap this up. Maybe make your own picks instead of using copy and paste. I know I find that me, so I ain't gonna. Be, I don't care. Anyway, mm. ladies and gents, that's gonna wrap up our recap and review episode of AEW Double Another Twenty Twenty One. As always, you've been listening to what's on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples Apple. That's Grapples the number two apples. Don't forget to check out our social media pages, Facebook.com, Twitter.com, Instagram.com, slash grapples apples, and let's grapples the number two apples. Like, comment, share, subscribe, do whatever you guys do to put us as many eyes and ears as humanly possible, because we appreciate it. As always, I've been one of your hosts, Ill Roll the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean candidate, major English, which is certified, the Godfather. Whatever you need me to be, that's who I be, because baby, that's who I is. Join remotely by my hetero life mate. Tell them who you are. I'm sure you will, and it'll take seven hours to do it. I am the women's pet, the men's regret. You bet against shades, you made a bad bet. The man of the hour, the man with the power, too goddamn sweet to be sour. Cream of the crop, rise to the top, your boy, the general, still your champion. And your god, Alan, your god. Specifically. Shades. And, of course, we are joined by a very special guest whenever we do an AEW show. I'm in his home. Tell him who you are. Well, the suburban brother until Ooh. my partner decides to show up again. The captain of this team. Ooh. Tommy awesome. boy. Anyway, folks, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out our, our weekly episodes every week. Our episodes from last week, this week, next week, and every other week. There's an apple a day. It's bad wrestling. Peace. You're not.